Hey everybody, what's going on? Hope you're all doing well on this Friday. Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. Uh, as always, looking forward to the weekend coming up now. Uh, the NBA heating up, March Madness. It's on its way. We're having the conference tournaments. Um, although some of the things that we're seeing aren't kind of the way that we were expecting. But hey, you know we do want to see these teams compete and do well. And we're going to find out a lot on this coming weekend about some of the, these teams that are on the bubble um, in the bracket. So should be a fun thing to watch out for. So a couple of results yesterday, some good games yesterday that took place. Um, Oklahoma State was able to defeat, um, I think Oklahoma State played the West Virginia uh yeah, they played West Virginia, the Mountaineers, and Oklahoma State with Kate Cunningham, who is projected as one of those top draft picks in this year's incoming uh, NBA draft class. It was really good to see uh, Kate Cunningham play. His health was kind of in question for this one. He had an injury or something like that. And I had mentioned if he's able to play, then Oklahoma State could be a sneaky good team. And, um, you know... A really good job by uh, Oklahoma State playing really well. They just hanged around. West Virginia was the better team, but they didn't finish strong in the second half of the game. Oklahoma State, you know, kept converting on possessions late in the game. And for West Virginia, like McNeil and Brad McBride, Neil McBride, uh, I think is his name, or Sean McBride, they didn't shoot that well in the game. They weren't able to take advantage of Oklahoma State's turnovers. Uh, West Virginia is still going to be a formidable team in the NCAA tournament, but they did not look that way against Oklahoma State. And that speaks to Oklahoma State, obviously finishing strong uh, end of the season. And their team with Kate Cunningham, uh, I can't wait to see what he does because you know a lot of uh, teams will have an eye on his performances um, and this run to the March Madness tournament. But bigger thing for Oklahoma State is finishing strong and being able to make an impression um, in the Big 12 and helping their case as being one of those picks in the uh, in the uh, bracket there. Another really good game was between Syracuse and Virginia. Now Syracuse uh, is one of those teams that definitely has a case to make it to the bracket, the March Madness bracket. Uh, they needed a good showing. Uh, they got a couple of wins. Um, they, they, they have a team that is pretty good and they, you know they suffered a close loss here to Virginia uh, 72 to 69 you know the game could have gone either way to be honest uh, I, I think that the biggest thing was that you know we got a really good performance from Buddy Boheim for Syracuse who really continues to impress as a player and for Virginia they're an experienced team and They've got a lot of shooters on that team, and Reese Beekman was the one to hit the game-winning three at the end of the buzzer to win it for um, you know win it for the uh, Virginia Cavaliers. It's really cool that, that the scores of these games are pretty much identical. Um, and like I said, let's see these kind of games come down to the stretch. Uh, another big um, time game was Georgetown and Virginia. So not Virginia, Georgetown and Villanova, the Georgetown and Villanova Wildcats, and 
Villanova is obviously adjusting to not having their star player, uh, you know, Colin uh, Lipsy out there. So his next man up for next man up for you know, the, the Villanova Wildcats, and they've got to find a way to get it turned around. Obviously, uh, because they are still a formidable team. I mean, Jay Wright is a really good coach. His team is deep at some positions, and it was a little bit surprising to see Villanova go down to a Georgetown team that hasn't had that great of a season. They've been up and down a lot, but they're coached by Patrick Ewing, the great New York Knicks legend and player, and a really good performance by Dante Harris for Georgetown. Really did a good job um, of finishing strong, and you know, overall, it's going to be interesting for Villanova because I think they're also one of those teams that, um, along with you know a couple of other teams, having to pull out the tournament um, due to COVID, not being able to advance in the like, or not being able to. When I mean tournament, I mean like the conference tournament. Um, so I think Villanova, you know, Duke, and Virginia, um, as far as I know, well, Virginia was, you know, well, you know, Villanova was defeated, but, you know, look at a team like Duke being, you know, out, and Virginia being out, it's really tough, and so hopefully, you know, some games are being postponed here and there, and, you know, it's, you know, you don't ever like seeing a team advance because of the you know, situation, but that's what's been kind of happening in, like, the ACC right now is some teams are just advancing because another team is just having a positive test. And just the hope is that when the March Madness tournament begins that a lot of these schools and teams are able to play games. I would really hate to see it happen when the March Madness tournament gets going. Now, it may happen initially, but my hope is that, you know, things are, will be fine. They will obviously, the bubble format that the NCAA is going to try to implement here is, you know, obviously have teams play at different venues, different courts, stuff like that. I really hope that the March Madness tournament goes off without too many like, you know, interruptions you know, but obviously players' health is first, players' safety is important and so these teams that have to travel hopefully will be ready to go and we'll get to see some good action. Um, when the actual tournament games begin. Now, seeing how like the things are going on college basketball, I mean, it's going to be interesting, you know, in terms of what the NCAA is going to do when it comes down to making sure that these teams, um, like the whole season we've had with college basketball was really tough with. You know, obviously a lot of teams weren't able to play the normal kind of schedules and stuff. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the NCAA does um, for some of those prospects that weren't able to, like, play this year, who opted out, maybe, if there were any. Uh, that's going to be something to really watch out for in the NBA draft because there will be probably some players that haven't been able to play due to protocols and stuff. And so... For those players, I, I don't know. The NBA is going to have a decision to make because for the NBA draft, right, there's always like the combine. There's always a, a, a combine or something like that that's done before 
to help these players like make an impression on their teams and so going off the game tape is the only thing that these NBA scouts will have when they make these draft selections um, so I really hope that about a lot of those players who haven't been able to play so much this season get a chance to like do some workouts and have the regular kind of thing that the NBA has teams do or you know workouts that players have because it's going to be really crucial for a team uh, in the top five to know what kind of player they're getting and so uh, that's something to really watch out for as we uh, see the March Madness tournament begin as a lot of these players will be able to play in these games uh, hopefully they're able to play and really showcase their talent because this might be the only shot they get of really making an impression on, on, on a team because then it'll come down to the interviews and like asking basketball questions and stuff like that so uh, that is something that is worth you know you know watching as the NBA uh, sorry as the March Madness tournament goes through and we get you know closer and closer to that point where like there, you know a lot of players have to make decisions about whether they want to come back for another year or go for the NBA draft that will be something will be a sticking point for sure in those, conversa- in those conversations So now I want to transition to the NBA a little bit and kind of get into some of the things that we've been seeing. So yesterday, a couple of things um, to take away from the NBA action yesterday. The Brooklyn Nets um, and Kyrie Irving are on a roll right now. Kyrie Irving is putting forth such an incredible performance every time he plays. The Nets seem really unbeatable right now. Um, and they're still without Kevin Durant and that's the whole thing is that you know for the Nets this year the rest of the season is all about how do Durant, Harden and Irving play together how do they play together um, you know because they've played together for like some some games but not a whole lot of games yet so um, it's going to be interesting because we know these are the three of the best players in the NBA right now. And it comes down to, you know, all of them making adjustments when they play with each other more and more. And I don't know if we're ever going to get to this point. And I really do want to see this. I want to see this in the NBA season. I want to be able to see, um, you know, who gets that like last game shot. Because as great as all these players are, like Duran, Harden, and Irving, um, they all you know love each other and respect each other. When it comes to the game, I really want to see who takes that last shot when the game is on the line. Now, maybe it may not come into come into play because all the players know all the both Harden and Duran and Irving know that all of them can make a shot at any point in the game. So, I'm interested to see how Steve Nash really uh, works with this lineup because he's going to have a lot of moving pieces here now with Blake Griffin being in the mix. You know, how is he going to utilize his, his roster? The Nets are going to pretty much try to win by outscoring everybody this year. And so, I really want to see what the Nets do when they are like in a tight game. Who are they going to really go to the first option? Or are they going to do the best thing where they just 
the best open player, the best open shot. That's what I envision the Nets doing. Um, but it's worth talking about because we know that as good as this team is, one of these guys at some point may have to really take on the like the child of the you know the, take the bull by the horn and get you know get the team to the victory or get to that shot. And so Kevin Durant, how he has been throughout his career, he's used to having the ball in his hands. And so I wonder if he's going to be on, if he's going to be on board. Will he be able to adjust to not having the ball in the closest seconds of the game? Because I think one of the reasons why he came to Brooklyn was to be and show that he could win without, you know, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. But now he's here with James Harden and Kyrie Irving. So you got a point guard, you got a shooting guard, and they're all going to shine in their own way. But how are you going to shine when the lights are on you in the NBA playoffs? That's what I'm looking to see with Kevin Durant because let's not forget, it's been a while since we've seen Kevin Durant ever since the Achilles and everything that happened, we want to see what he does in the postseason. And I'm definitely going to be looking at that because, you know, he is the face of the franchise. He is the face of the franchise. And when he gets back on the court, a lot of things are going to change with the Nets. Maybe in a good way, but also in a way in which I think that him as a leader um, is really going to show out. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Phoenix Suns continue to look impressive so far this year. They won over the Portland Trailblazers yesterday. Booker uh, outdueled Damian Lillard in a pretty good game. The Phoenix Suns are a team that's starting to show winning habits. I think I'm seeing better production from all their players. Miles Bridges, Aiden, you know, Sarek. I like what I see from the Phoenix Suns, and they right now I think they have the second seed in the West or third seed in the West. They're pretty formidable, and Chris Paul has been playing pretty well as well. So the Suns are a very interesting team. The only thing with the Suns, although, is that the experience factor is going to come into play, and I think Chris Paul um, is the one that is really going to help them do a lot. Can the Suns really win a championship yet? I think that's too. That's too far for them right now. I don't think they have enough on that on that roster to make a run in the West End Conference. But they will make the postseason. They will, they will be able to compete in a playoff series, which is it's been a been a while. So that's a win in itself. But Phoenix is trending towards the right direction, and I think that they're going to continue to do that in a good way. The Miami Heat are starting to get hot at the right time. Uh, obviously, they were off to a pretty rough start this year. Not playing good defense, injuries, and health were a big issue. Um, but they've turned it around. They have turned it around, and Jimmy Butler has been the one to to make that happen. Jimmy Butler has been the one to make that happen, and I think that you know we're obviously seeing Tyler Hero do a little bit better, Duncan Robson do a little bit better. Eric Spoelstra definitely coaching a lot better. I expect Miami to be one of those teams that may make a move for a veteran at the free agency deadline. I would not be surprised if they did it um, because there's going to be quite a bit of names available in the NBA trade deadline. And Miami is definitely a team that I think they're going to keep getting better and better this season. And they could really emerge towards the end of the second half of the season. 
as a team that could be a matchup problem for anybody in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, they were a really good team for a reason last year. Um, and I think they're going to remind a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference, especially up there with Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn, that they're a team to really take uh, seriously um, if they continue to win games and get back over 500 probably more and more. That would be a good thing to see as well. As for the New York Knicks, all I'm going to say is that it's a pretty rough schedule ahead for the uh, for the New York Knicks. Um, I think the best thing that we can expect from the New York Knicks, and what I kind of been thinking about a lot, is that if they can make the play-in tournament, that would be nice. That would be nice because at least they will be in a relevant conversation for a while. Um, but there's a long way to go for that. But the Knicks, with the kind of way they've been looking, um, they definitely can win games ahead on their schedule, but they're going to really have to prove it. Um, and there's no better time to prove it than right now. With the games that they have coming up and the next, you know, three, four, five games they have, they can really make their mark and, and continue to hold on to a seed, uh, one of those top seeds in the Eastern Conference. Because I said Miami is coming, Atlanta is definitely on the come up now, the Hornets are definitely there. So it's going to be interesting to watch how that all plays out. So now the final thing that I want to get into um, for today's. Uh, topic is the uh, NBA three-point shooting so there's been a lot of interesting chatter lately that the NBA and the whole three-point shooting has somewhat ruined the game and it's not all people that are saying that but there's a certain amount of people and there's probably the former players in this NBA that have been talking about man there's so many three-pointers being shot it's really ruining the game. It's not, it's soft, it's not physical anymore, it's not this. And I think that a lot of people are, you know, kind of forgetting or not being aware enough that the NBA was so different back then when Shaq played and when, you know, when Jordan played, when Bird played. It was all about defense and physicality. And a lot of guys were just being able to dominate physically on you know dunking the basketball making like contested shots in the in, in the paint there was a joy in that back then and now we live in a modern nba where it's all about shooting and scoring and being able to maximize your team and so this year so far the number of three pointers attempted is way up a lot of teams are shooting multiple threes a game and it's become such a part of the game now where spacing and cutting and the screens are really becoming more and more better. And a lot of players are just better from the three-point line than they used to be in the past. I mean, the big guys can shoot like Embiid and Jochik and Sabonis and Miles Turner and many others. And a lot of players have improved their shooting to a point where they're going to attempt three-pointers. This is all about maximizing your team, being able to score at will. And the Golden State Warriors were the kind of the first team to really kind of pick it up in, in a way we've never seen. When Steph Curry and Klay Thompson was shooting lights out, you know, back in that 2015, 2016, 2017 run, I mean, it was all about they were just hitting 
threes and threes and really shooting everybody out, 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 of, out, of the, you know, out of the gym pretty much. So a lot of teams were kind of going after them with the shooters and stuff. And now the three-point shooting is just so part, so vital in the NBA now where the NBA has tinkered with like moving moving to the line back, adjusting different, different angles. Um, but it's become such a really part of the game. And I think for the ones that are complaining about it, look, every NBA season brings interesting you know, analytics and stats and stuff like that. A lot of teams are driven offensively. There's a lot of skilled players and a lot of skilled positions. And so it's not that all these players don't want to post up and attack the paint. They do, but the three-point shooting is so vital because it comes down to perimeter shooting in the NBA. You cannot win all the time with just having two guys in the front court, big guys. It really happens. You need to have like a point guard or a guard that can shoot, can shoot from the outside. Jumpers and stuff is great. A lot of players will still attempt contested shots and make you know make those mid-range jumpers. That part of the NBA is still there, but for the uptick in three-point shots, a lot of teams are trying to adjust their way of offense because it's become so stagnant at times when you try to feed a guy in the paint the ball two or three times a lot of dribbles being done and you know there are some players that still excel in the paint and we see the rebound the rebounding part of the NBA has become so vital now so it's not more about like scoring the paint it's about like being able to defend and be able to defend multiple positions and I think a lot of players that are coming to the NBA or in the NBA are just so skilled and versatile that they can play multiple positions and so the three-point shooting is going to come. And three points is all better than two. And in game situations, sometimes a, a layup will get you the you know get you the spot. But, you know, sometimes you need a three-pointer to win the game. Down by one point, maybe, you need a three-pointer. Or, you know, you're down by three, you need a three-pointer. So, like, I don't really think the NBA can really do anything with the three-point shooting. Could they modify some things where they make the screen stuff a little more difficult? Sure. Hand checking could be a part of improving that a little bit. Um, but teams are shooting. Teams are letting it loose because that's the way that the NBA has kind of become now. With the kind of guards we have in this league, you got to be able to defend, you got to be able to shoot from the outside. And so I think for people, to, people should not focus so much on how many three-pointers are being attempted by a team should look at how well they're doing it because some teams are shooting well from three other teams are doing pretty bad from three or they're middle of the pack but it's not all do or die by the three-point shot in the NBA there's a lot of factors that go into a game and if they were to ever make a change they could do this change which I think they could probably consider one change they could make probably is eliminating the three-point uh the three-point foul shot like you know how players go for a three they get fouled give them three free throws they could eliminate that maybe but the problem with that is that if a team is down by three and they go for the they go for if they get fouled um, you know if you eliminate that you pretty much give them a regular foul with two points only so there's something like that that has to be discussed about but uh, the NBA I think has got to just let they gotta focus on the more important thing, and, which, and what I think is more important right now is just getting the officiating more better, 
and just seeing how observing how these teams do from the three-point line this year I don't think it's a huge problem for teams to be hitting three-pointers a lot in the game a lot of teams mix it up offensively and do different things and it's not ruining the NBA in my mind I think that three-point shooting has just expanded the the offense in such a way that teams are gonna shoot the three-pointer as much as they can because they know that they can maximize their opponent they can outscore their opponent and be able to focus on the other key areas in the game so I think for all those people who are saying like it's soft it's easy for these players it's not not a good thing they're forgetting the basics of basketball all these players still will drive through the lane make layups make dunks um, but it's all about kicking out to your shooters because that's how the NBA is driven now it's a guard driven league you gotta have guards on your team you gotta have guys who can shoot on your team from just more than the inside of the paint you got any guys who can shoot from the perimeter now because teams can play zone and a lot of these coverages and really make it hard in the paint to score which is why a lot of teams have been able to kind of spread the offense and get guys who can shoot and spread the floor it's all about spacing now in the NBA and I think that we're going to continue to see that go at an even a higher rate um, for years to come in the NBA.